in the cabbage. Right, let's get it. Test, test, test. Yeah, we're live. Welcome to In the Cabbage. <laughs> this is crazy. This is pretty bananas right now <laughs> that we're actually doing this. I'm Tommy Sweat. Andrew Witt. Please subscribe. Please listen. Please download. Like. And just a reminder. Keep swinging. Welcome to In the Cabbage. I'm your boy, T. Swizzle. To my right or your left, I got A. Wit with me. What's up, fam? How we doing, buddy? All good, dude. Just chilling right now. Glad to be back in the seat. Back oh, yeah. in the saddle right now. A little Monday night action. It's always a great way to start off the week, I think, personally. It's fantastic. I've been really enjoying our night nightly hangs we usually do, and our Monday night recordings have been a blast. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's been a fun, fun experience for sure, bud. But uh, speaking of starting your weeks off right, how was your weekend? Yeah, dude, it was good. Super mellow. Didn't really do a whole lot. It's a little bit of like a final stretch, if you want to call it, for like wedding stuff. Um, Katie just taking the reins, as she always does. Just Katie Rue, taking the reins. That, that girl. Taking the bull by the horns. Um, and I'm there just to facilitate, help out, diffuse a situation, make sense of a situation every once in a while. So a lot of that. And uh, but got the seating chart, guest count, all the food, all of that jazz, all dialed in on an Excel sheet, sent it all in, all that stuff. So we're just like about ready to wrap this thing up in a bow and call it a day essentially for the wedding. That's so exciting, dude. There's nothing better than seeing the light at the end of the tunnel on that stuff. We're right there. It's yeah. um, it makes it you know, it, you, I can't even say it's a lot, but like I. I see that it's a lot, and I can feel it too. Do you know what I, Do you know what I mean? No, I think it's it's when you say it's a lot, you mean it's a lot for not you're doing a lot, but it's a lot for the house. Yeah, it's not only you know like, or is your partner stressed out because like you know we like we said earlier, it just consumes a lot of your time. It's all of your time. Yeah, that's it. You so, come home, you talk about it, you talk about something else, and they're like, it's oh. like during work, it's like texts, you know, like here and there, this and that, and then you got to worry about you know buddies that are flying in, which is fantastic, all good things to worry about, but it's just always something going on with it. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, we're not we're not complaining in the idea of like, wow, this is a pain, but like it's. It's different. It's um, something new you're not used to, something dominating conversation for that long. And um, like we said earlier, like you can try to help out more, but at the end of the day, you're just adding more work because whatever you say, <laughs> they're not going to want to do. Right. I mean, I think it's more for, um, for those of you that are going to be going through a wedding planning situation. You just did a little bit ago, Got just had your one year. Um, my wedding day with Katie's coming up in like basically a month and a half. So people that are going through this, I want to say just know your role. Like find whatever that role is. And if it's leading the charge and it's spearheading it and it's doing both and you're kind of just, you know, working on it together all the time, great. I just knew my role with Katie is that she wants to take control. She wants to do it everything. And it's basically me being the right-hand man. I'm the sous chef in the situation here. Yeah, you're facilitating. Hey, it, you need hollandaise on that? No problem. Exact, exactly, exactly. You need and me so, to tell you bacon or sausage? I'm here for that. Ex- and like just making sense of all the orders and everything that's going on and just trying to be you know, the best right-hand man that I can possibly be. And that was my role. That's my role in that situation. I just found that. Felt like I should be doing more, but I just know that she. it's just helpful if she just gets the green light. 
totally. one of those situations. You're just, you're, so. just, you're just the green. You're just the green light, buddy. Exactly. Hey, you want to put pig streamers? Sure. Down? Yeah. Sure. On the on the coast I've, of Italy? Sure. Yeah. Wherever you maybe not so much money, <laughs> way too much money. Rain it back in a little right. bit. But Santa Barbara is a great place. <laughs> Santa Barbara, so very yeah, so it's it's fun. We're now like kind of being in the end of this, um, you know, planning situation. It looks like we're, we're all wrapped. I'm sure there's going to be a couple more things that pop up, like that I just don't know about quite yet. But it looks like a lot of the bulk of the planning and all of that stuff and all the forms and this and that is just all done. So that's really exciting. It's fun, and now it's just time. She just said it too. She's like, I'm really just trying to push all this out so we can just hang out and enjoy both our bachelor and bachelorette parties and like enjoy the last like couple weeks like cruising into this wedding. So it can Great be job. enjoyable yeah, awesome. and not right? super stressful. So yeah, big time shout out. So that was uh that was my weekend and um just watching a ton of the the players championship on Sunday and hanging out. It. So yeah. We're going to touch on that in a little bit and leave that for a little bit later. But um, Keep you tantalizing <laughs> for more. How was your weekend, buddy? Man, I did a bunch of the same stuff. I watched uh, just a bunch of golf, watched some Laker basketball. Some of it great, some of it very unfortunate this weekend. Yeah. Um, yep. I also watched a bunch of Call of Duty. They had a major event, which was fun to watch. Always fun to get into that. My team made the championship series but lost. Okay. So it was fun that's, to at least watch all Sunday, watch my team. That's big right there, your team getting into the finals. Which is cool. Touch on that real quick. What's your team? It's Optic, baby. I bleed the green wall, as some people <laughs> call it. Uh, you know, it's it's super fun. My brother and my cousin are really, really into it. I'm into it. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're playing a lot and love it. And it's cool to have that together. Um, I love it because my brother loves it. Um, right, some it's common ground right there. It's a way to connect, and it's super fun, especially watching. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I'm loving it. I watch every event I can. I'm watching highlights, so I'm I'm into it for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, just a bunch of that are the same. I actually played some golf today, though. Monday. Yeah, yeah. Lucky you, dude. I know. I actually, uh, you know, went off and uh, played Talega, which is a local San Clemente course, 18 holes. Um. Nicer course that like during peak season that they charge like a hundred, a hundred and twenty for tea times, and which isn't that bad, honestly. Is that weekend or weekday? I think it's weekend rate. Okay, um, that ain't bad. And the course when it's r- I haven't played it in prime conditions. Me and you haven't. Yeah, it's normally super soupy. Um, just because it's in San Clemente, it's kind of canyon. It just doesn't dry off super well. Yeah, just it, it's an older course, right? I think so. An older course, so maybe the drainage. And they just revamped it too. They did. I think when we went there a couple years ago, they were like just redoing the clubhouse and like the restaurants and yeah, kind the of area. Um, or like whatever the head greenskeeper, I think they call him, was there when we parked the cart and was talking greens with the two starters. That's really cool. So that was kind of cool. Nice. Um, Plus, it was just, it's a really good track. Uh, the more I've played it now, we played the shortest distances, which is like 62, I think. Yeah. So it made it a lot easier, <laughs> for sure. No um, doubt. We were playing Wolf. It was me, my brother, and my uh, cousin, Mikey. Um, you know, I won. No big deal. Um, I don't want to rub their faces in it, but I did crush them. Easy dub. Right yeah. back in the saddle, right where you are. Right. Uh, you know, um, they played great, though. Timmy hasn't played in like three years. And he shot like a. How know. many times did he complain about his back? What's the not very many? I, I really, asked him, really, <laughs> uh, Timmy. There, <laughs> I uh, I brought it up. Um, 
he didn't complain about it at all. And Mikey's game is starting to really come around, which is cool to see. Yeah, that's great. I know it was maybe a little bit on the, let's call it the struggle patch for quite right. a while. Struggle patch for a little bit. I think we all go through the, the, he was cocooning into his butterfly. And I could see the butterfly forming right now. That's a beautiful thing to see. It's really cool. He's, you know, getting the clubs all He was living in the trenches for a little bit too long. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was, at one point, he was, a, like, shooting, like, Pretty low 90s, like high 80s every tournament we yeah. played in or played with. And I think just something, you know, clicked or, you know, lost his swing there for a bit. But it's coming back, baby, and I couldn't couldn't love it more. Um, I played the front nine okay. I shot a 87 today. Ooh, that's nice, dude. I shot a 45 on the front. Oh, so you went some, you went, you cooked up something nice on the back. I went five pars in a row. Wow. I'm Wait, how did you five pars in a row and still shoot 42? Double bogey. Oh. Bogey par. That's devastating. Yeah. That's uh, not what you want to see. Yeah. That's not. You know, I saw the scorecard and I started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the scorecard. You did. I, I was going to comment right on that. Back down, dude. <laughs> dude, I was, I was so pissed. I was about ready to comment I on that. I said something out loud. Because no one was no one was saying anything. I needed a little bit of murmur for someone to be like, "Hey, he's playing some golf." Right. And I was like, "Hey, I'm shooting even the back so far, I'm like hole 14 or 15." And, I and just, then you got a ruse out of Tommy, oh or my, out of Timmy and Mikey. No, they didn't say that. We were all you know drinking, hanging out. Music was playing. We were all you know hanging out, vibing. So it would. I don't think it really super registered with them. But I mean, the course is shorter, so. If a course is shorter, my like distance off the tee box is money. I'm like 140 f- in every single time. And yeah, you can take three wood off the tee. You could maybe even take I can a hybrid play with if it. you want I to. I took a hybrid off the tee a couple times. Down, uh, but I did hit my driver extremely well today. Of course you do. So like 27, 275. I missed a couple fairways, and that was it. Damn, the dude. one bogey I made on the back shouldn't have been a bogey. Unfortunately, I didn't understand how the hole played. Um, yeah, Talega has a little bit of like weird layouts, dog legs tight in certain yeah, situations, it was the and hole so where you, the you can canyon in front of you, and there's a satellite post you have to aim at. Okay, and you have to like, and the message comes through like all clear, and you hit. For whatever reason, I thought that satellite post is in the middle of the fairway, and it's not. It's on the edge. Ah, and so I put it to the left of the. Satellite post. Okay, but I faded on it. But at that point, I hit. I hit. It, so I hit right like two seventy, two eighty, and I put it past and no white stakes. Out of bounds. Out of bounds. No yeah, white stakes. See, so I, I played it yeah. as a hazard. Okay. Um, that's. I mean, that's understandable. I guess that's just such a weird course layout. And then so I kind of try to rally myself back, and oh, it's okay. Um, but it's five par pars. Five. But five pars in a row. That's that's really nice. That's put, dude. I'm talking like. It together. Looking from ten feet for birdie every time. Oh, damn, dude! I was dialing it up. That's nice. Didn't hit a single putt from ten feet. That's okay. But you're not going to tap, tap in pars. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to make a ton of those ten footers. And like, nor should you ever expect to make a lot of ten footers. Look at the numbers, right? People have lower your expectations. Yeah, ten footers are you just know, don't three putt. It's a coin flip. Just don't three putt, and having tap in pars is fantastic. It's exactly what you want. It was it was easy golf. I'm talking like driver, long par five, driver, three wood. 50 degree, barely missed my birdie putt, tap and par. Yeah. Like, and that was That's nice. 
That's nice. And, and the par three, you can probably like driver like fifty degree wedge right. into a lot of the par fours. And the hundred, the hundred yard distance, the one hundred five to one ten distance. Yeah, for you, me, you've been rock solid at that. Hundred to one ten right now is such an easy swing for me. You might as well just pick the ball up and throw it towards the green. Yeah, on the yeah. green somewhere. Yeah, um, that's nice. That's a beautiful thing to have. It was a lot of fun when you're playing golf like that. It's so easy. Yeah, and I don't know what it was. The swing just felt crisp. But it, you know, hole eighteen. Water I, I on the mean, short I don't left. really, but you can paint a quick picture for me. Eighteen's downhill. Yeah. Right. Water, all wrapping, hugging the whole hole on okay. the left. Got it. When we played, uh, Mister, you know, my uh, father-in-law. Yeah. And his buddy out on the course. This is the hole I put it long off the back into the water. That's right. And you missed it yep. left into That's the right. water. That's right. That's a uh, tough finishing hole. It really is. Because you uh, also have to hit uphill into this green too, right? A little, no, it's yeah. downhill. So it's downhill, green, flat, and then it's downhill again. Right, okay. And you can't miss it. The, it's it's hard hole. Right. The, the, the way the water hugs the green is pretty tough. It wraps around the back, right, of the green? Right. So you yeah. can't go long, can't go left. Recipe is for disaster for myself. <clears throat> right. <laughs> I put a three-wood 240, 230 to the front bunker. Uh, didn't roll in. Nice. Flat lie, 180 into wind, six iron, 10 feet. Damn, dude. That's nice when the approach game is clicking like that. It's just like, wow, this is an easy sport. And then it just golf bites you a little bit. But still. Yeah, looking at the scorecards, shaking in my little boots. It's, like, <laughs> it's those little glimpses, though, that are really fun. Yeah, man. it's um, It was a blast. And makes me really excited for my round coming up in Vegas. And also really excited for the bachelor party rounds. Yeah, that's up in a that is going to be a blast. We got some really good ones cooked up. Um, yeah, I mean, all-time courses, I think. What are you playing in Vegas, actually? We're playing a course that um, I think it's called Las Vegas Country Club. And uh, Have we looked at playing that one before? No, we haven't. I didn't know about it until okay. uh, the Ray um, told me about it. Um, my therapist gotcha. <laughs> uh, told me about the course. Um, it's... Oh, I think I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, it's, um... It's kind of nice-ish, right? It's kind of like a... It's not quite as nice as, like, a Bear's Best, but it's, like, kind of towards that level. No, I would say... I haven't played it. It's not, like, great. I would say it's probably, like, uh, Talega. Oh, okay. It's probably gonna be pretty nothing nice. Wrong, nothing wrong with that. I'm just it's, right. a, it's a private golf course. So, you either... Really? Have to be a member there, or you have to stay at the Westin. Oh, so and that's it, where you guys are staying? Yeah. One of my friends is staying over there. Gotcha. And he said, hey, like, we're going to go play golf. And I said, that's fine. Just let me know where. And he's like, we're going to go play the you know, country club. It's a private golf course. We can only play. And it was only a couple weeks out. And I thought, no way we're getting a tee time in March Madness. You know what I mean? Right. That's tough. Um, and St. Patrick's Day, the same day I'm going out. Yeah. And I said, okay, whatever. There's no way they're going to have tee times. We're going out 9 o'clock. Wow. Or Sorry, we're going out early. We're going 8 o'clock. That's prime time prime right time. there. No problem. Is that on Saturday when you're, getting, when you're, going, over the, when you're going over there? Uh, I'm going Friday night playing the course. Okay, nice. Yeah, or cool. Friday. Sorry, Friday morning. Uh, we'll be playing that course because I don't want to play that later in the week when I can't swing a golf club because I'm cross-eyed from all the booze I've been drinking. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but, the, yeah the air, but the golf course, anyways, for those who don't know... Um, if you haven't seen the movie Casino, give yourself a look-see-loo on that movie. What a banger. Um, 
there's a scene where the FBI is tracking comms from the mafia, and the plane lands on a hole there because the spy plane mm. starts to break down. Okay. That's actually based on a true story, the movie, and the actual event. So there's a plane. So this is the course that the they course filmed the plane, that shot at? The, this is the course the plane actually landed Actually on. landed. Oh, shit. And the plane is buried in the 18th water. So you can actually see the plane. That's really cool. It's super cool. And you might as well hop on that because you don't know when you're going to be staying at the Westin again. Right. And you're never going to be a member there. So absolutely jump on that course. So if it's, what, any, what if it's any worth time, it. Yeah, what a prime time tea time for that as much? well. I you're playing on a weekend Hollywood one fifty. Seventy bucks. That's it? That's it. Seventy bucks on the weekend. Yeah. Weekend. I mean Friday morning technically is like weekend. So damn, dude. I that's crazy. I'm really hoping it's an all time course because if that's the case, I'll just stay at the Weston. Fuck yeah. it. I mean, like, I'm, we're not going. We don't need to be on the strip anymore. And they have the Me second personally. best sports book in Vegas. Whoa. So next time. I, I mean, that's just a recipe for success. Yeah. You stay there. You get $70 round. That could be your cheap round at a private course. Take that all day. It's right next to the wind. It's like the wind's baby brother. Gotcha. Okay. Um, fun fact about Vegas, if you didn't know, um, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin Two singers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. I got you there. But yeah, thanks for clarifying. I just had to make sure we're, <laughs> you're, we're you're with the no. If you've heard Frank Sinatra, I know you don't watch anything past the two thousands, but um, Frankie, you know Frankie and uh, Dean Martin frequented Vegas quite often, and um, on the Wind Golf Course, they started getting over golf because they couldn't get drinks on the course. This is before beverage cart. And so Frank and Dean Martin only agreed to play golf on this course if they had a beverage cart follow them. No way. So this Frank Sinatra it. and Dean Martin created this. Is, this is the, the origin cart. story here. Wow. And it's at the Wynn Golf Course in Vegas. That's How special. much better is that, that beverage cart now? That is special. That's yeah. a great play. Love the fact that they're going out there calling for the beverage cart. I mean, I mean, can all, you think of a better story for two guys who are and you're gonna be playing And you're going to be playing at the win and the sister course, right? Yeah, that's like the baby brother's course. Right. Not at the win. It's near the win and it's baby brother course, right. I would say. it's. I think it was actually built before the win golf course. Gotcha, but the, the win probably just trumped it. When, I mean, you know, win is where they play the match events at. Yeah. It's a par 70. It's yeah, it's $400 a, to it's play. It's a championship excuse me championship style course for, for sure, sure. Um, I have a story uh, another story about Vegas got plenty of them we got time here let me get into it here um, there's a man I know mm-hmm. <laughs> who um, for business used to stay at the win and he would take clients out to um, Bob Hope not Bob Hope who's the guy who trained Tiger Woods I'm thinking his name right now uh, swing guy his swing coach. Yeah, that's terrible. Butch Harmon. Thank goodness you. Hey, baby. Thank goodness you came up with that. Baby. <laughs> I was swinging and missing in my yeah, head. Just, Butch nope, Harmon. That's not who it. just? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> who just helped out um, f- uh, Ricky Fowler's yep. swing? Mm-hmm. So um, Butch, he used to go to events and bring clients, and he would get lessons from Butch Harmon. At that's really cool. Course, and one of his favorite golf courses to play in Vegas is the Wynn Golf Course. Because what you do is you just ham your bags when you check in, you tell them your tea times, you go up to your room, you take the same elevator you take to your room, down to the 
golf course. So you can do whatever you want. You just hang out, gamble, Yeah, you're drink. staying with your wives. You're just hanging out, and you just take the same elevator down from the Straight hotel you're staying. Stroll out to the golf course. And your bags are waiting by the elevator yeah, in the golf cart. That's pretty special right there. If you're talking about something I want to do in my lifetime, that's it, baby. How's the win sports book? It's okay. I mean, as long as it's just okay. It's okay. Then that is a big time shout like shout out. That, that's a that's a good trio. We to go have. like if we're talking levels of success, classic club uh in Vegas and win or not the win, but the Westin is re- uh, a very obtainable for us currently. Mm, love the, that. Playing the win and staying at the win. Yeah, that's a little bit out of reach. That's some cash. Right. <laughs> that's like two thousand dollars a night in Vegas cash. Is it really that expensive at the it's win? It's gotta be like two, three, four hundred dollars. You can't get a room, a room any cheaper than that. I mean, the way, ho- $200 for the way hotel rates are going right now is just out of control. And then we the gotta go- rain that back <laughs> yeah, in. I mean, I can't go anywhere for it's, less than six hundred dollars. It's ridiculous. But okay, goals right there. Yeah. So but set, at least you're getting bar. at least you're getting a little baby brother trip out of this, and that's gonna Love be a it. sick course. What a cool story on eighteen. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite jealous. It's gonna be a lot of fun because you got St. Patty's Day weekend. March Madness weekend. Oh yeah, it's we gonna be plenty of ball. It's gonna be popping. Plenty that's a, of ball. That's a, that's a fun weekend right there. Love me some March Madness. If you want to win some March Madness bets, just text me what I'm betting and do the <laughs> opposite. <laughs> do the opposite because I can't bet. I know all. we were talking about this earlier, but I for your bachelor party, you were just had a wallet size sleeve with those betting slips and just. Uh, uh, it's just whiffing. L, L, L. <laughs> just, just so bad. Um, a uh, lot of them like just 50-50 odds as well. Oh, Like yeah. the line is like equal and you're like, man, like I was just going to take the over. Right. Under. Under. <laughs> I Every bet. Duke, whatever, UNC, whatever was happening to me. I have a strategy coming in. I'm going to do more money, like higher money bets, less bets. Four to five bets a day. I thought you were going to say just go against your gut feeling. But. No, I got to go with my gut feeling. <laughs> you got to go with that, you know what I mean? And I have a bit of a tip I learned. I'm going to try it out is three-point percentage as a lower bracket team, like a you know a 12th seed versus a first seed or whatever. Look at the lower brackets team, the lower ranked teams, three-point percentage and their shooting percentage. Because if it's high, it means they can get hot against any team. Now, the post game, you're going to get dominated by these higher ranked teams. They're going to have way more versatile big men than you're going to get because they're like unicorns. They're hard to come by now in today's NBA. For sure. Um, but shooting, you can always get hot at, especially if you have a guard who catches fire. I mean, any, I mean, the way that the game's going, that, I mean, that's that's the way that the NBA is, and it's bleeding on into even, like, you know, youth basketball as well. I People mean, are just shooting the rock more. And if so, you like, hear you stories, it's crazy. Yeah. About these youth basketball players pulling up from three. Do you remember taking a three was like, you had to earn it. Yeah, that was not something you could just start hucking up from the hip. And as soon as you missed a couple, it was a no-go. It was a Coach no more. Just nip that in the butt real right. quick. You missed two in a row. You missed one. You're already kind of quivering. You missed two. You're like, all right, cool. I'm good on threes. Right. Kids are taking like five before they hit their first one. I mean, dude, I I haven't take I haven't missed five shots in the basketball ish. game <laughs> <laughs> because I take three. And if I miss one, I'm over it. I'm like, I'm not shooting anymore. I get nervous. I think and a scared. lot of it. You just got, um, I don't know, reprimanded. You got just you got this like, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. You know, like you got tortured essentially, like when you were playing basketball I felt by like these I had coaches, no leash. and you had yeah, no leash. And then as soon as you did one thing wrong, you're like, oh, 
I can't do anything anymore. Right, or I'm out of the game. And yeah. I play super tight, and I can't play tight. I'm all feel. I'm all feel. And if you tie yeah. me up, your feel and like your electric with your first step, I'm a all peacock. that, all that, all that stuff. When you take all of that away, my electric first step, like you said, right? You know, you what take do we all got? that. You take all that away from me. <laughs> I don't. You know, what am I? Just a shell? I'm a robot. I'm I'm colorful, You're natural, baby. baby. You're fluid. <laughs> um, but talking about ball, I watched the Lakers, and you watch some of the games. I can't be more excited on Laker basketball right now. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Kai, super hot streak. We just lost to New York. If people are keeping up to date, it was unfortunate, but it would look like a pretty decent game that we were playing. It just looked like the Knicks just had a couple more. And we struggled. Yeah, we struggled a little. Like bit. Troy Brown Jr. didn't score. That doesn't happen for us. And he was whiffing shots a bunch. But let's get back to the focus of we were just playing. Lakers are playing really good basketball right totally. now. Now we're eight and four in the last twelve without LeBron James. And the Lakers look like they have some life. We thought that their season was completely over, actually, because that injury was going to be so uh, detrimental for the and for the squad. The team is deep. They have players. We scored like sixty-five points off the bench, and it's like, oh, when is that? When's the last time that happened in the NBA? I mean, that's that's very few and far between. But like, you know, we got a lot of deep guys. We think we can we can shoot the rock now. We got some guys playing with some swagger. We look like we got some athletic guys on the court that's like defending really well, rebounding really well, scrapping, crafty, creative offense. Yeah, you know, knocking down shots. It's, it's keeping the crypto arena, which by the way, changed the name, awful name. <laughs> um, keeping the crypto arena into it. It feels like old school basketball for us again, yeah. where the crowd is like cheering. Yeah, that's a great point, dude. I forgot great how point. boring basketball is when the crowd's not into it. Part of basketball, the reason why I feel like it's great is because it's indoors and that noise is thundering. And when you're like watching basketball with your friends and the TV's blaring and someone hits that shot, it's pandemonium. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point, dude. It's like all chaos breaks loose when like a big three happens. We haven't heard that from a Lakers game for a while. I mean, even when we were balling in COVID, we didn't win our championship in our own stadium. Yeah, that's true. You're in the bubble. You're in the bubble. It, this was one of the fewer times, recent, and it's been happening more and more recently now, that our fan base, it's getting rowdy in the stadium. It's it's fun to watch. And I'm like never really tuning in that much to basketball, and now I'm looking for it every night. It, looking for some Lakers basketball. Like, oh, thank God. We actually have a team. AD is playing out of his fucking mind. I mean, just looks like we're playing with a little bit of chip on our shoulder, and that's exactly what we wanted to see. I'm just tired of seeing guys that are just whining, complaining all the time. It's got to be pretty basketball. Let's get in there. Let's throw some bows. Let's get a little dirty. Yeah, let's, let's work. Let's work for some buckets. Let's get some stops on defense. Let's look like we're caring for that like sixth spot, fifth spot in the West instead of just kind of just floating around and like Kendall the eleventh, twelfth seed. Like, nah. Let's let's work for a sixth, fifth, fourth seed. You and know, we're right there and i think we can get it and i don't think any team in their right mind right now wants to meet the lakers with lebron back. no 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 not a chance i don't think there's any team that should feel confident against us Mm-mm. i think with lebron back if our starting five right now is d'angelo russell lebron james anthony davis vanderbilt troy brown jr i mean i mean the list kind of just keeps on going and I, going it's whoever rio is in there like then you get you Reeves throw. as like the eighth or ninth guy. Like, like Reeves coming off at seventh. And did you, say, did you say Lonnie? 
No, Lonnie's not even Lonnie's like the ninth, tenth guy right now. And I don't understand why. Hopefully he's hurt in the idea because I would feel awful that he's not getting minutes. Yeah. We were talking about this last time and it was his knee tendonitis that's still yeah, bugging him. Googled but it, I think I, I think it's now he's getting some minutes back in there, but maybe okay. earning a little spot. But Reeves is balling out, dude. Ryu comes in and hits that goofy looking mid range jumper. You know what? It's just it, it all looks good. It's come. We're coming up big, and it looks. It's exciting to watch. He bangs that thing with no arc in the back of the bucket every time. I don't know what it is about that goofy looking jumper, but it works, man. It's great to watch. Hey, it's if um, it, you know, if it ain't broke. If everyone comes back on this team next year, I would be happy. Oh yeah, that's the. I don't. I can't remember the last time I said that about Laker basketball. Last few years, you're always like, just scrap the whole thing. Even if we won, we won the championship. <laughs> I was like, there's few players we need to keep, and everyone else can go. And now it's like, dude, I want no one gone. We're gonna lose people, but I hoping we keep a lot of this core. Mm-hmm. Um, but a yeah, a lot of them are very young as well, and it's good pieces. And I feel like you know they can be the future of Laker basketball if we, yeah. I feel now, like if you offer any big star right now a chance to play on the Lakers with this much bench, no one's saying no to the Lakers again. There's yeah, no reason very to. true. I mean, can we talk about D'Lo? The balling. man is a walking bucket. Dude, balling. Absolutely out of his mind. He can't pass the ball, though. My God, watching him pass the ball right now is rough. He is turning the ball over like every other pass, it feels like. Um, but I'm going to take the offensive output, though. I mean, you long. can't. When he's pulling up from fast break on threes and he hits it, our, our I think he was going. like five or six behind the arc the other night. He pulled so up a few crazy. heat checks, and it was, he was dropping. I don't know. Do you, do you remember what he had? A tw- he had 30, 30 by 30, 30 or something. Yeah, like it was, it was nice. He was cooking it up, and I mean, it's it really fun, fun to see that. And the Lakers need a lot. They needed that for sure because the offense was so stagnant and running through just LeBron. I was really worried when LeBron left. I'm like, oh, it got hurt. I'm like, oh, and dude, they're no. moving. They're playing offense. D'Lo's yeah. cutting eight. Okay, one. Okay, can I give a critique real quick? Yeah, yeah. If AD doesn't understand how to get the ball on the block, what are we doing? Dude, yeah, that's stop. Another, that's another good point. A high pick and roll because they're not falling for it. They're fighting over your screen and they're blocking you down, like you know, boxing you out to the basically the paint, and then double teaming you if you catch it on the three point line. So what we need to do is kind of run the triangle offense through AD, so he at least gets his touches because you need to get the big man rolling. Yeah, you do. You gotta get him like a es- good six to eight first quarter, especially when there's a matchup that is very exploitable down there. Because there's a few times when he's got a six eight dude, six nine, because the game's much smaller now. Right, that's a walking bucket for AD. You gotta just get him in the post, run a couple maybe or back screen, back screen, swing the ball so he can get it low on the block. I want that like man catch on it the, on the block. On the block, yeah. I want a little outside so he can turn and face if he needs to. Or you can just back this man down and hit him with a little fade away. I don't want to see this man just jogging up and down the court looking for rebounds. And for saying s- for high a pick and rolls. Yeah. That's not his I game. do like this, the high pick and roll every once in a while because, right. they, but it because it up. they do mix it up. That's right. what I'm saying. They need to put that in. Yeah. And that's like, what you're You need saying. to do like, yeah. block, like on the block, on the block. They're doubling on the block. Okay, set a high screen. Now we're mixing it up because you're losing him touching the ball. And when you need him towards the end of the game, he's not a guy who can... He doesn't turn. He is a guy. He's like a first ballot Hall of Famer. He can turn it on every once in a while towards the fourth, but more than likely, he needs to have like momentum. You got to have those touches. If you're if you're just asking to do something in the last three four minutes of the game, and you haven't touched the ball in the low block for the entire game. 
It you're asking you're asking a little bit much because it's a little bit of crunch time, but just doing what you have been doing, it's part of the game flow and it's part of the flow of the offense. Perfect. Then you can go to that anytime you want to, but right now it's not happening. And so I'm with you. It needs and that's my only complaint is Ham needs to figure out how to get AD touches on the block. And my brother said to me, like, well, it's his job to get the ball. So now if it's a high screen roll and they're following the roller every time and doubling me when I touch it, I'm never going to score that basketball. Yeah. And, like, catching on a pick and roll and keeping your concentration to pull up or hit a layup, you have very few seconds to make that decision on what you're doing. Yeah, and a lot of times the big men are not as quick as the guards. Or so graceful. So right. if you catch a man on the roll, like, AD is so good that he can actually score on the roll. It's a really hard skill because you don't know where the pass is coming from. It could be high. It could be a bounce. You don't know if you're getting double. It's hard to find space. There could be help defense coming in there. There's right. a lot of other factors. So I'm with you 100% on this because he's so good at the high pick and roll for that little bit of like an oop action cutting to the hoop. He gets a lot of right. those easy buckets and it gets our guards really involved and creative And because we, we got some good ball handlers now. But I hear you. We got to get the big man some touches down low. Couldn't, I want everyone to more. keep doing what they're doing. Just get them out on the roll. Because then also it's going to collapse the defense. We could open up shots for the for yeah, the guards. Michael Beasley, bang. Troy right. Jr., bang. Right. Like it's, it makes it easier. But the real thing I want to talk to you about, buddy, after all this BS, is some golf. Yeah, hey, let's dive right well, on into that. Let's get me into some golf, buddy. Um, let's just start off with a little bit of a rumor I've heard. You know, um, Live Golf is um, two players on there. Rumored Cam Smith and Brooksy, right? And Brooksy mm. possibly went back in to PGA Tour, which, you know, people have their opinions. Let me give a little backstory of probably why this might be true is because Cam Smith was reported to be like kind of sad when answering the question of what it feels like not to be in the players tournament when he lives yeah. 10 minutes from there. Yeah, I did see that. And he also made a tee time to a close golf course with his buddies the same day. Mm. And I feel like, one, I don't know why he left. Yeah, I mean, that's a big head scratcher. I need to figure out why he left. I understand it's for money. Great. Big part. But that's not all of it. Because he's a good enough player. He's going to make his dough out on the tour. Top five player right now. Yeah. If he comes back to the PGA Tour, there's no doubt in my mind he's winning a tournament. Maybe two. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I agree. Um. So, my question to you, buddy, what do you think PGA Tour should do? Should they let Liv back at the end of their contract, beginning of next season, or not? This is interesting, and it's there's a lot. I, I mean, you hit me with this question, like, just right before we were about ready to start. So, it was, I didn't really have a ton of time to, like, research, think about it too much, formulate an opinion, because my, knee, heart, my, my knee-jerk reaction is saying uh, no. That's my knee-jerk reaction. And then and the reasoning for that as well is that the PGA Tour is a private tour. You have to earn your tour card. So can you earn your tour card and get it on the Live Tour? No, you can't right now. Can you earn your tour card just on the Live? Because this is something that needs to be earned. Do you see what I'm saying? And you can't just like, oh, I just went back into the PGA Tour. Well, you kind of lost your tour card. Like, it got, it got taken away. You turned it in, really essentially. I didn't even think about it like that. You turned it in. Like, I'm no longer playing for the PGA Tour. And you're done. 
Now, that's not like that if you're going to play for the DP World Tour or the European Tour. You don't need to do that. But like because of the way the contract, this is my understanding of it and just like a thought behind it as well, is that if you are, because of the contract and with the Live Tournament, because they were basically not allowing you to play in those PGA Tour events anymore, you're effectively handing over your tour cards and it's a private tour and you can't come back in. Yeah, so at that that's really interesting. So at that fault of their ability to make that decision and not think that this far down the line, I think that they should have known that. And they did know that because the PGA Tour made it pretty clear that they're not going to be able to play in PGA Tour events anymore. So that's where I stand. And that's also in line with the knee-jerk reaction of, eh, not really because you jump ship. Now... I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate well, here. Well, I'm on the other side. So let me play a little devil advocate okay, for me. Perfect. Um, Hit me with it. So I think that's super interesting, buddy. And I think there might be a small niche in your idea. Um, they have world rankings that live. Okay. So they're ranked worldwide. Yep. The same ranking yep. the PGA Tour does. Yep. And is it the OWGR? Is I think it, so. Is it the same? Because I thought that Cam Smith was like six on that list right now. Yeah. And okay. I'm saying if you're a PGA Tour and you're earning your card, they've earned it. They're six in the world. Yeah. That would be my argument. Yep. Um, with that. But I think it's a really cool way of looking at it. I didn't look at it as the idea of a private entity that you have to earn was really interesting to me. Mm. I think they did think about whatever I want to play a PGA tournament again, but I don't think they thought about how much they would actually miss that. Right. I'm thinking of it on a business side. Yes. It, and I agree. I think if PGA Tour wanted well. to bury live, the best thing they could do is take back Camp Smith and Brooks Kepka. Yeah. That would effectively null and void the yes, live tour. Exactly. Because now you've taken the two biggest names, the players the two most relevant big names, I would correct. say. And then maybe DJ could be thrown in there. And Matt Wolf. And yeah. the all the Spanish guys. But mainly it's Cam Smith. Mainly Cam Smith. You want Cam Smith back. He was mm-hmm. loved on the PGA tour. Dude was by a ball. players Ice and cold. fans alike. Yeah. Everyone loved Cam He's Smith. got the persona. He's got the penguin outfit. You know, he's rocking it. He's an Aussie. He's got the mullet. You know, mustache balling. Dude's just dropping 30 footers on the reg. Balling. Yeah. Nasty um, short game. You know, like. He, unreal. He's just, he's a really fun guy to watch, even though he doesn't really exude a lot of personality, like in his emotions, right. per se. He's just a captivating guy to watch play golf because he's so good. So. Carry on that business. Right. Um, to me, it's worth the juice is worth the squeeze here. Because if I'm thinking as a business person, I don't want my competition to have the best. Yeah. Do I like that they left? No. But this happens in the business world uh, all the time, especially sure. in the current, current industry sure. I'm in. There's People go to Fidelity and back to First American all the time. And they almost always leave because of money. And they almost always come back because it's a better company at First American. Sure. And um, I understand that the money aspect of them going and cashing a check and coming back is an issue. And it's not good. And they need to figure out some sort of punishment. Now, to me, I think they would have to... Yeah, that's tough because they basically just got like a one-time big time signing bonus 
Right, and they left and came back. Right. To, so now you're reaping the rewards of the cash. Right. I think they should and now have just to donate. Let back in. I think they should have to donate money to the PGA Tour and pay for the potential losses that happened when they left the tour based on their name. So they have to pay the dividends of those two years of them being gone and what the money aspect would have been for the PGA Tour when they left. Okay. So let's say, you know, Cam Smith, you bring in $2.5 million based on your name in the PGA Tour. You have to pay us back $2.5 million for the money that you've lost. You tie that money back in to tournament earnings. So they have a chance to win the money back. Okay. This is a really interesting thought here that you're having. So keep going. It, it also helps the PGA Tour and players in the tournament. They have to play half of the designer fields. They can't play the others. And they have to be the lower prize pools to get back into the tournament. Yeah, the the, the designated events. They designated, don't, they don't, they don't get automatically bid into that? No. Okay. They have to play how, how long until they get to play one year, that? One or year? how long they were how long they gave they gave themselves out of the PGA tour. Okay. If it's a two year contract, they have to do it for two. I like the fact that if you're gonna let them back in, they don't go to the designated events because that's a really unfair advantage for the guys that are staying true to the PGA tour. Right. And you can't just let them walk into the most prestigious, highest paying events as well as the most FedEx cut points. They can still do the FedEx Championship because they can earn their points. Of course. But they but don't they, get to play okay. Waste Management. They don't get to play Riviera. Whatever the desi- uh, designated events are going to be. And you know what? Just make it a year. Yeah, just one year. Suspension. One year is fine. Um, there has to be a punishment. That's not for me to decide um, or you know, to come up with. Those are just some ideas I've thought about. Um, I just don't. I don't see it as a business perspective. Like, if you lost LeBron James to Japan, Japan pays him, you know, $4.5 billion or whatever, and he's there, right, and does it for two years, and you lose X amount of dollars as an NBA because LeBron James left. A, a business move would be, okay, who cares about the Japanese tour? We need you back because you bring money yeah. and eyeballs for our business. And we're better now than we were. And the players aren't going to like them. Like, like no one liked Brooks before. They're not going to like him now. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, I don't think, you know, they should play the desire events. And I would rather them not take a spot from people either. Like people losing their cards because of it. So you yeah, got to figure that out. That's where it's also interesting as well. You can't lose your card from signing a world player back. So you either need to let that guy have, like, the guy who had the card, who might have been kicked out, play that year and earn his card back or something. You can't just kick a player out. It is. Um, I mean, guys, they can go through the same process as everyone else because you're not going through the designated events. You're therefore going to be playing in probably less tournaments right. and for less FedEx Cup points. And so the way they've done it in the past is top 125 keep their tour cards. Right. So... If they play good golf for the non-designated events and everyone else has those nods, then I think that's a fair way of letting them back in. And if you're top 15 in the world, you're making the points. You're not going to be 125. Right. Even if you're playing in those non-designated events, you're probably getting two wins. 
potentially. Right. And you're still making money. Or one way. And you're you still know? building back your fan base. And you can only imagine the hype when you're saying Cam Smith, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau. All these guys come back for these designated events, 2025 or whatever. Liv's gone. Liv is gone. Yeah. And if those two guys leave, it's not far behind. But, yeah, man, I think it's a tough topic but fun to talk about. But moving on from that, unless you got any more thoughts on it. No, that's kind of it. I mean, I think think you covered it really well because that's a similar way that I was going to go. But you explained it much better than I would have. Right. So I feel um, like not right isn't yeah, I definitely explained yeah. it better than you did. <laughs> um <laughs> um so moving on from that, talking about golf still, let's go to the players tournament. Hot take right off the rip. I'm gonna lay it down hot and fresh for you. Scotty is a baller and when he is in the lead by two or more shots going into Sunday with a tournament, you might as well just turn it off because he's winning the thing. I mean, I, I I don't know, maybe because Tiger Woods, when he would win, it was so much flair and excitement, so it made you more captivated when he was winning by these numbers all the time. But Sky doesn't have that flair or excitement. The man just goes up and down from everywhere. He hits it right down the middle, and then he puts everything in or chips one in. It's the most boring tournament to watch. He did it last year on the Masters. <laughs> he did it this year on the Players. I mean, it's, it is boring. But at the same time, dude, the man is a wizard with his wedges. The dude dude is pitching it from off the green from 20 to 60 yards out, and he is just cooking up nasty spinner after nasty spinner, tucking it in there to four and a half feet, knocking it in dead center. I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love watching him. I'm a huge fan of him. Some people don't like him. Well, like, I'm sorry. Some people, I'm going to rephrase that. Some people don't love how, you know, unenthusiastic he is to watch out on the course. But I personally love watching him because he is so almost diligent and, like, meticulous and just does not. He's a machine. He's a machine, and he just cooks up wicked shot after wicked shot and clutch shot after clutch shot. And we talked about way earlier in one of our podcasts about what would the future of an uh, a golfer to ever beat Tiger Woods records, what he would look like. And Scott, Scotty is the first prototype of what that, that's going to look like. There's going to be somebody come out who's more precise and more accurate with it, who's just going to bore us, and he's just going to win every single tournament because he's just not going to make a dumb mistake. And somehow, sure. like, Scotty, you know, is just um, the first of that right now. He just, like, leaps the field when he wins. He looks like he has complete control of his game. When he gets in trouble, it's right back into the action. He's making an easy par. Hits unbelievable shots, always recovering. It's just super fun. It's just super cool to watch. I just don't... I don't get it. It's just, like, man's in... It's not like he's hitting, like, perfect drives. They're not perfect, but they're. he's almost never in the trees. He's almost never in, never in the cabbage. And if he's in the cabbage... Like, don't worry about it. He'll figure it out. He's going to pull off some miraculous flop shot and just clank it in off the pin. Like, <laughs> Oh, and then he's going to make the putt. <laughs> yeah. Or if he misses, it's not going to phase him at all. Right. And then he's, he, I heard an inter- interesting stat where he has the most, is the highest percentage of bounce back holes, meaning once he drops a shot, it's like a 30% chance that he birdies the next. And ha- he is the highest percentage player in that category. He's just, 
he's what you want in a golfer. He's, I don't, it's just crazy. Like, I don't understand how you're that mentally tough. I looked at my scorecard, I put five pars together, and I shit the bed. <laughs> the man's playing for, like, $4.3 million and, like, puts one of the, the thick stuff, and he's like, all right, well, you know, does all his math and calculations in his head because he's a robot, and it puts it to the middle of the green. He's like, okay, I'm not going to three-putt, two-putt, par, next hole, two-putt, par, next hole, birdie, birdie, chip in, eagle. Like, it's just relentless to watch he took the lead over mw Wu. yeah min Wu lee min Wu lee mm-hmm. awesome kid, story kid can swing it by the way awesome story Damn. and that kid can he he can generate some major I'm really speed. really 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 fun to watch him play i was really bummed he didn't play well you know he has a sister if you watch he she plays in the lpga she's awesome too it um Major some, champion, right? Yeah, yeah. There's some great players coming through the PGA Tour right now. They should be really happy with where they're at. Um, super fun tournament. I think this is becoming slowly like one of my favorite events to watch. Yeah, the players. It's up there for feel me. I feel like dude. we say that every week. The players we watch is really a tournament, fun. But there's something about the players. Um, I watched Rick Shields play, um, which was a bit better camera view for me. Just to see how Pete Dye's nasty vine works. Um, is unreal. Fun fact about that video. What's that? About Pete Dye. So you know he designed a lot of his courses with his wife. Okay. Did you know that? Oh, I do remember. I do know this fun fact. Tell, so, tell, tell everyone here. So um, she actually would design some holes he'd have problems with. Yep. Because he said that she can see things that as a golf, 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 golf <laughs> architect could not. Like he was just stuck. There was like no create no creatability for him there. Mm-hmm. So right. it's just it, like a little bit of a writer's block, I would imagine. Right. <laughs> I assume like when you look enough land up and down, you're like, I have no clue where this right. is going. So seventeen at Sawgrass is shaped like a heart from a certain angle. And if you see a heart shape on a Pete Dye golf course, more than likely his wife helped design the hole. Yeah, really cool. So and I think there's another thing, telltale sign that she designed the hole. I forget it though. Uh, on 17, he was a little bit stuck and didn't know what to do with the full design of the course. And she came out and just said, "We'll just make it an island green." And so she was the one that came up with the idea right. to just blow the whole thing out, which probably then assumed that it was then heart shaped. Right. So because she had part of that design. There's also something on the fairways that she does, and these courses as oh, well. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know about this. That I don't remember what exactly it is. I think it's like... Elevated? Something like that. Slopes? Something like that? Something like where you're like, oh, this is really different. That's probably her. Um, It's pretty funny. Rick Shields pointed out, he said, probably the easiest hole surrounded by grass in the PGA Tour. If 17 didn't have water and it was all grass, it would be the easiest hole in the PGA Tour. But there's something that happens with the wind and and then being in the water... That makes it impossible. Yeah. And it's also the grandstands, too. So it, you, it feels differently down at your own playing level. And then it's different when you go to each level or height or 60 feet up. It, it, cha- it totally changes. It's um, so cool. And it's, you and you can feel the gravitas of the situation. Oh, there is a ton of people. People are watching couple. from 16. Like when they walk up 16, they're always looking at 17. Fully surrounded, dude. And it's something about that hole where even the players feel it. 
And they got, oh, couple, yeah. uh, you know, plenty of hole-in-ones on this hole. Three, actually. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so it's like if you get on the green, you're putting, you know. You have a good look at birdie. Right, for the most because part. Because a lot of the hole cuts are like base, except for the one on the top tier. Right. But uh, Thursday, Saturday. Front right's common because you spin it back. Right, and then the, f- and the back Sunday. Back right's f- a little scary, and the front left, I think, is go zone. Yeah, exactly. Even right. though, even on the pin on the right, you can like put a ball just over the bunker to the right of that, and it'll just fall down to like fifteen feet. Yeah, it's um, so, it's so cool to watch. Um, there's something special about those final three closing holes, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, where you're having to take on the water on sixteen, but it's not even that long. But you just gotta hit a really good drive. It's not the got water it. that's the problem with sixteen; it's that tree. Yeah, what's well, well, it's both, though, because if you don't hit a great drive, then you can't confidently clear that tree and stick it onto the green. I can clear that tree, no problem. Yeah, the tree's never there for trees, you. You can, trees, just, you can just bomb it right over, right? The tree's not. And then you're not worried about that water one bit with that elite accuracy you right. have. The water on the right, though, <laughs> yeah. real scary for your boy. Exactly. But it's not even that hard of a hole, but if you play it really well, easy birdie opportunity. Right. But if you don't, then you're kind of scrambling a little bit for par, potentially. Then 17. And then you got the water. Island easy green, hole, technically, but the technically, wind and the water. But the pressure, and you can, like, and then, like, the drop zone is not even that forgiving either. Because then yeah. you can be hitting downwind into this thing. Right. So it's just a really fun closing hole. And obviously, you got 18 with the water running all up the left of this hole. Where would you aim on 18? I'm putting it in the trees, dude. Blocking that thing to the right. See, I would take the water on. Yeah, you take the water on because you're get playing a little bit of a cut. Right. Isn't that crazy that I would if I was playing that hole and all the tour players aren't looking to put it over the water. Yeah, like, not I'm a lot. I'm not doing that. That I'm looking Because it's also a draw hole because right. it's supposed to open up the fairway once you go that way. Right. You're you're, you're going to hit a super high driver. Into twenty mile an hour wind, <laughs> little spinny boy. <laughs> right. No, I'm hitting a, I'm hitting a three hundred yard sting stinger. Cut. Right. I'm sure you are rolling I mean, that I thing up. That thing up, real yeah, quick. Yeah, <laughs> you know me, dialing that thing up. Um, no, that that is uh, it is interesting because you're taking on the water on that for sure. Yeah. Um, another little fun thing when Justin Thomas hit that guy and saved his tournament and made an eagle uh, afterwards. Spieth. Spieth. Thank you, Spieth. Mm-hmm. How much money would you give that dude? Because I'm giving him cash, not a glove. I'm getting that man's contact information. And he's getting some money from me. I'm throwing you, like I mean, five thousand. Yeah, you got to throw on some cash, dude. Have to. Have to. You're the, making hundreds the, of thousands of dollars. The man he saved, saved the tournament, your... and he, yeah, he, to your point, he went on to make eagle and made the cut by like one stroke, and then now right. he can. Because if he even just plays the rest of the tournament at like two under par. He's making a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And you know he's not getting less like Kevin Kiz screwed me this weekend. Um, We're going to touch on that in just a second here. He, but yeah, yeah, I feel like you got to pay him a little bit. Yeah, you got to sure. throw him a couple foul. For sure. I mean, like if you're Jordan Spieth, yeah, for sure. I like that take. If you're so, a rookie, no way. Thank you. Come again. If you're a legend, a big, big person, right. uh, that's a confident winner. You know, you can do it a lot. Yeah, I, I would say you can do a couple thousand. That'd be that'd be sick and a glove. Oh yeah. So uh, let's recap this weekend, buddy, and uh, and recap how and how and how our picks how our how our picks did. Okay. Um, you guys know the drill. This is our ongoing 
betting situation where we're going to be wrapping up our 1 through 16. Uh, one pick from that category, 16 through 40. One pick from that category, 41 through the rest of the field. Um, I had the honors of picking first. And then I snagged Max Young, or sorry, Cameron Young, Sungjae Im, and... Uh, Oh, help me out here, buddy. Sunjay M, Cameron Young, and... Gary Woodland. There, boy. Thank you. Jeez. Um, pretty solid. I would say overall it was at the, be- at the beginning looking a little bit rough, but uh, managed to scrape out another little bit of a W. Not a, not a trouncing by any means because you had a good showing too. It was an okay showing. It started off really hot and then went yeah. downhill pretty fast. Um, you had a, Thank goodness for Max Homa. Max you can always Homa, count on that guy for a great, great tournament. Top seed finish. Yeah, he was T6, I yeah. believe. And then um, you had Keegan Bradley. Keegan and Bradley, and who shit the bed, was like basically third in the tournament on Saturday, Friday morning. It was a rough, rough second. And round, then I dude, checked the scoreboard. The man's getting cut at like one fifteen. Yeah, dude, it was um, tough. So he fit, he got cut, and then Kisner made the cut, but he was last in the field, which is like seventy fifth, seventy fifth. Which is like, damn, boys. It just you know, I didn't pick miraculously either. Cameron Young, I believe, finished fiftieth. Woodland was like fifty fourth. You know, and then Sunjai was like T six, which is Sunjai played unreal, dude. He at one point birdied twelve out of twenty five holes at in one point in the tournament. He's just turning it on. He's like, hey, I'm making the cut. Damn, okay. Yeah, it came out Damn. just started to ball. <laughs> twelve under through twenty five holes. That's crazy. At the players, crazy. Ball. No, I mean, mind you, it did rain. So, like, granted, like, the course is playing a little bit softer, but you still got to make great shots, ton of putts. You know that course is draining like it's, like, off the whale's back. That thing is not sticking on that course. Yeah, I, it, I, They're the, ready for that all year, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all year long, especially in the Florida weather as well. You never know what you're going to get, so you got to be ready. And, right. like, the course is draining, and they are not putting any water on the course either. And then there's still 20-mile-an-hour winds you got to deal with. Right. So I mean, like it's water, Never all, easy, water course. all over the place. Yeah, I think so, I think I read something. There's only whole, three holes with not being on the water of the tour. That's, or the that's crazy. That's actually a crazy. Stat. Three holes, no yeah, water. That's wild. Um, yeah, buddy. So who'd you rattle off your first pick with the with your win this last week so, at the players? Yeah, now looking forward now into the Valspar, that brings our totals to thirty one for me on average, thirty six for you. On I'm average. right there, baby. Yeah, no, you're you're putting I'm up a great little right fight. Right there. Um, a little bit of look. We're going Valspar, then WGC match play. Really excited Woo! about that one. We got to figure out the scoring for that, maybe. I think where they finish in the tournament. Yeah. But uh, if it's a first round, round loss, isn't there only 32? Yeah, we'll have to figure players? it out. Okay. It'll be fun. That and then leading up to the Masters. So right. really looking forward to all this stuff. So now going Valspar, I um, I snagged JT for this. Great pick. Yeah, I, it was just a clear favorite. Looking at the field, not as loaded of a field, especially after the um, players tournament where all the top players are going to be playing in it naturally. Some guys take a week off. I think JT is just kind of due for a better round, better tournament of golf. I, I feel like he's not really had quite his best stuff yet this yeah, year, but usually he finds he starts finding a stride. And he like you, I'm surprised he didn't play better at the players, but that's neither here nor there. Let's just move on. I think he's going to have a good week at the Valspar. I think it's a good call. I think that's exactly who I would have picked. Um, I went with Sam Burns, a name I haven't heard much. Of I've seen some. I don't think he did well for me when I picked him. I think he right. got like fourth. Yeah, so it's he hasn't won one yet. He I don't know if he wins often, but he's always up there. 
So I'm hoping maybe with a weaker field, he gets a little confidence going into this week. Maybe playing, f- yeah. you know, for a bit more cash might get him up. He's a great player. Right. And so he can turn it on at any given point, just like all of the top 25 guys in the world are. Right. You know, you, if you have your stuff, you're going to be playing really well. So I, li- I love that pick. The rest of my picks are heavy vibe squad, but you yeah. got for your <laughs> second, buddy. <laughs> I was going to comment on that. They're nice. Um, and then I went for my 16th through 40th. I grabbed a guy, young bud, that's coming out of Stanford. Um, rookie or second-year guy? I think he's second-year guy. Second-year guy, right? Okay. And got had to fact-check you there real quick, but uh, Brandon Wu, he's playing some really yeah. solid golf. Uh, name I've been hearing. Name that's, yeah, dude, he's playing well. He looks really solid. And I don't know, I just got a good feeling that he might be in the hunt come Sunday. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's going to be cool to see some of these players that we don't know. And I don't watch much of the Valspar, I'll be honest. But I know of it, and it's a sick course from what I've seen and heard about. Um, so I'm going to be a bit more tuned into it. Mm-hmm. Um, my second pick here, heavy vibe squad, the bucket, hell, bucket hat himself. I'm going Joel Damon. No need or reason why I picked Joel Damon because, of course, Joel Damon. Yeah, he's just uh, ever since watching the full swing episode with Joel Damon, it's a guy you want to root for. And it's Maybe a, it's a tournament he gets a little bit more confidence. Also, Joel, let's uh, let's stop playing the card that you're no good. You're in the PGA Tour. You're you got, good at golf. You got dude. your tour card. Yeah, exactly. Like, let you know, I, I'm I'm a man who has zero confidence, and watching you shun yourself that hard, like that's rough. It is tough. It's something you never want to see. Way maybe of coping with a lot of pressure. Whatever the reason is, it just got to. You got to give yourself a little bit more credit, bud. You're on the PGA tour. Yeah, like let's go out there. And you start know, win some couple, money. Yeah, let's go cash a couple checks. Like you know, your your caddy's living in a trailer. Let's you know. I mean, he's let's your buddy the, and let's everything. Hit, let's hit the weight room a little bit harder. Let's like you Stop know drinking every night. <laughs> like, you know so what I mean? we're. Point is, we're rooting for you, bud. Yeah, I think I want the best for you. Get yourself a nice, good sports therapist. He's going to be a father, actually. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think sometimes fatherhood changes some things in people. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think it almost always has to. But I mean, the level of competitiveness and drive, I think, kicks up. I think so. They kind of hinted at it for full for um, full swing during that doc. What's your third third and last? Um, I just went with the hot hand here. I just went with Chad Ramey. He, the dude was playing really well. I like what I saw from him and the players. I don't know much about him. I just saw a familiar name playing well, hitting a lot of really good shots. Did get rattled a little bit on 17, I will have to say, on the um, third day, like third round. I think mm-hmm. he made like a seven, like a quad there. But hung yeah. around and finished 800 for the tournament. Like That's I fire. mean, just, just, really, just really solid out of the man. So... Nothing to be um, bad about that, about, you know? No, no complaints there. Right. Um, I went with another man, the DW himself, dude wipe, you know, ambassador. <laughs> um, I went with Harry Higgs. Um, I did not see DW, where the, where that was coming yeah, from. Dude like, wipe himself. <laughs> um, talk about great sponsor, dude wipes. My God. If we could ever do something for you to give back what you've done for my anus, <laughs> would be... <laughs> Would <laughs> be all time. It is your trusty. Com- it is your oh trusty companion. God, I travel with them for all work related functions. Work related. Golfing. Golfing. We're traveling. Business, You're it, flying. I have to finish wet. It's either I finish with a wet wipe, 
I'm finishing with a boudet. Your your butthole is never cleaner or I'm and doing never a, feeling or any I'm doing better. an Alabama wet wipe. Yeah, you have to have one of those three options, and you yeah. do not have it any other way. Shout out, dude wipes. Yeah, shout out, dude wipes. <laughs> keeping awesome, it, keeping man. it pristine down there. Yeah, keeping <laughs> keeping your boy fresh. I like the minty one too. It gives me a little tingle. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought you like sw- like smothering on some like Burt's bees down yeah, there and then going just for keeping it. Keeping it like it's like an I- Antarctic down there. <laughs> Sliding around like I'm on a Mario Kart track. All right, so back to DW himself here. <laughs> I mean, Harry Higgs would be great. I haven't seen his yeah. name. He didn't make the cut for the Waste Management Open, so he didn't get like a player exemption either, which is a bummer. I think he really brought some action to the event He's last a year. personality you definitely want to have on the tour. You want to see him do well, just like Joel Damon. You got a vibey squad here. Heavy vibey squad. Yeah. Not know about the best sticks, but we'll find out. Um, all right, buddy. You know, let's go to everybody's favorite segment of this podcast. Right yeah, now. Three let's, let's worst. reel this in right here. This is all time. We have a good one for you today. We got three worst ice cream flavors. Um, we can go more specific if you want. You want to say Moose Tracks, Rocky Road. That's fine. It doesn't have to be chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I got you. I went a little bit. I looked a little deeper because for the most part, Ice cream is pretty good. I mean, like, if unless you're just totally at like a, I don't know, like a, just a hater on life and fun things. Right. For, for most people, everyone does love <laughs> ice cream. So, like, there's not a lot of bad flavors, but there, these are right. three for sure that I am, they could be dead to me. And I I'm, want nothing to do with before these Before we get into this, I've put my 10,000 hours in ice cream. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah, yeah. put my time in on ice cream. There's nobody on this planet who likes ice cream and pizza more than this man sitting to your left or to your right. <laughs> um, and I'm telling you, these are the flavors I do not enjoy. And I want no argument in my final standing of ice cream because no, 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 I won't take it. There's going to be pushback. <laughs> uh, and I, and if I, there's like an orange creamsicle on there, I'm going to be livid. I should be on there. But I didn't write that. How dare you? Um, all right, buddy. You, since you won the tournament last week, I'll let you go. You're just going to screw me up with this like number one pick. You're going to you're going to hold it to the last little breath. Yeah, cut the pot, and I'm going to be raging it. face. <laughs> <laughs> I got something cooked up for you too, though. So I don't bet. don't you worry. Oh about man! That. All right, this is going to hurt. Kicking this thing off. I mean, please. this this one really needs no introduction. Because it's just bringing not a lot to the table here. Mm-hmm. Never going to it. It's the three spot, so I'm not going to give it too much hate. And uh, it's pistachio for me. Wow, great pick. It's just um, never going to it. And it's something I just, I, I, I don't know. I feel like if I'm People be, love it, and I just don't yeah, see it. I don't, I don't see it. I don't really quite get it. It's not for me. And if I'm going to have ice cream, I'm not going pistachio. I'm not going any of these three. We've already established that. Right. But, like, pistachio is is just out of the equation here for right. me. Right. Even if they're like, we got some nice homemade pistachio ice cream. I'll give it a taste. Right. But give me the freezer burnt vanilla on the back. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you do have a, a, a deep love. It's just frozen love. milk. And boy, do I likey, likey. <laughs> um, so, my number three slot coming in. It's an ice cream if my wife had in the freezer and there's no more ice cream. I'd eat it. Okay. But I'm never never touching it. Okay. Inter- like, I'm never interesting going to interesting order. move here. I eat every ice cream. I'm not yeah. I mean to be I honest. I know you're not that picky. So like So ice cream's a little tougher for me because if it's in the freezer, I'm eating it. 
and it's going in the next two days. No, no promises, like no guarantees. So if it's in there, I'm not. My wife's like, "Hey, you want to try this? Great, I'll try it. Kay. I won't really enjoy it, right? But you're, I mean, it's ice cream though. At the end it's of the ice day. cream, exactly. It's anything with double chocolate. Yeah, if I can, I can see that. I'm chocolate, not chocolate, chocolate chip, chocolate, chocolate swirl, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Too much chocolate. <laughs> I'm over it. I don't want all the chocolate. It's too much chocolate. I get it. There's chocolate That's a good pick. Me. That's a good take, bud. Anything double chocolate, I'm out. It's a good pick. I, if I didn't bring in some of the other flavors. I mean, now I'm going to cause a little bit of a ruse, but chocolate is up there in the ones I don't really touch that don't much. I love it either. I don't order it. Here's my only uh, caveat to this is mm. that if you're going to put in a chocolate fr- flavor ice cream and then you give me like a raspberry flavored chocolate, ice cream. raspberry, with, chocolate right. fruit, chocolate. But we're not doing that. We're not doing like pairing. So like it has its play for me mm-hmm. and like the double chocolate chunk swirl Chocolate chips, brownie, like, dude, it's it's out of yeah. I'm yeah. I'm there with you. How much chocolate can be in one chocolate <laughs> thing? <laughs> there's, there's more chocolate in here than there is ice cream. Yeah. Just give me a fucking chocolate bar at that point. Yeah, and the chocolate bars suck. Um, all right, buddy, give me your Kay. number two. This one, I'm I'm actually just I did a I did a little bit more of a deep dive on this one, but this is something that is pretty sinful that you should just be calling this an an ice cream flavor. Has no right to be. Um, absolutely want nothing to do with it. I'm not even taking a lick out of this thing for like a tasting spoon. We have the best in the biz. And it's butterscotch. Okay, great pick. I didn't even know butterscotch was an ice cream flavor. I did a little homework. Did a little research. But butterscotch for me? Like you're I not was seeing lo- much butterscotch ice cream. You're not. But like I saw it and it was in like a Baskin Robbins rotation and I was said, What the hell is that doing? Even on the shelves. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. What for are me. we doing there? <laughs> I um why who who in the right mind was like, Yeah, you know what? Let's bring out a butterscotch flavor because this is gonna hit. Have you had the butterscotch hard candies though? Dude, what are you? What are we doing right now? Not too stop, bad. Stop, stop, Not stop, stop. Too bad. Stop. Love stop. a grandma butterscotch in the purse. Nope. Nope. And you just don't enjoy warm, cuddly feelings. But you know, it's okay. Second pick. I wouldn't. You know, wouldn't be my choice either. Um, I got number two coming in for me. I'm tying these two together. Break my arm if you have to, but I'm not touching either of these. And it's cotton candy and bubble gum. I like that pick because you can lump them together. You, they're, they're, they're essentially the same. The same. One's, blue, one's blue, one's pink. I will have to say, though, there it was something special when you're going to Basket Robins as a kid. So a nostalgic factor for me. I'm not There's touching this. two-year gap. I'm not touching the stuff now, but right. I loved bubblegum ice cream, dude. I don't yeah. know what it was with that hard-as-rock pieces of gum just frozen solid in there. Yeah, did you chew and swallow it or did you chew it as gum? Chew it as gum and just just spit, spit it, out. it out. So there's Did people you... out there who chewed and swallowed it. Really? Yeah. And some people might be your left or to your right who used to chew that gum and swallow it as a kid. I wouldn't have pegged you as one of those people, but wouldn't have put it past me either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I always got confused with bubblegum flavoring. Um, yeah, to me, it's one's blue, one's pink. I'm never touching the stuff as an adult. I got a blue flavored ice cream. 
And my in-laws walked up to me one time. It was like a cookie monster flavor. And they're like, what are you eating? And at that <laughs> moment, I felt so, <laughs> felt so, so, so little. At that moment, I was like, you know what? I probably can do it. With the, and it got blue on my lips. I got blue on my tongue. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a good look as a 28-year-old man at 11 o'clock at night when mm. your you know, in-laws are like, what, what ice cream are you eating right now? Mm. Um, it, so that would be my number two. Now okay. we're rounding off your list, hand buddy. It, hand it back over for number one here. And this is something that's a little bit more tangible. This is this is definitely in a lot of people's rotations. And I might turn a little bit of I might turn a few heads here with this one, but that is a okay because I despise this flavor. <laughs> what are we doing with this flavor? Please, please bring it to me. It is awful. It is just way too cloyingly sweet. And it's over the top, and that's cake batter. Sorry, I mean, buddy. holy fuck, we're going to throw hands. I cake batter ice cream? Hate, hate it, hate it. <laughs> Dude, cake batter ice cream is all no. time. Too sweet. Way too over the top. <laughs> it's like the double chocolate, chocolate swirl brownie chunks that's going right. on. Okay, good point. That's it for me. This is just like... Sugar on sugar on sugar and sweet, and it's bringing no balance to the table. It's just flooring you right. with sugar. And, it's such a and gr- that's not me. That's such a great that's not me. point. And I understand what you're saying there. But the milkshake from Coldstone, my God. I knew I was going to cause a ruse with you. I knew that. That's why I said <laughs> and this. And, is why, and this one. is why we do three words, <laughs> because we're best friends. There's so many things that you're wrong about <laughs> <laughs> that we, right, right we into that one there, bud. differ in. Yes, 100%. But we do the things we do find common, we just absolutely love. So it works in that way. My number one, buddy. And Hit me with it. It's awful because, one, they don't even sell it anywhere besides the back of a freezer section at the grocery store. If it's in your freezer now, you haven't touched it in years, and let's be honest, it's <laughs> it's frozen over. Nobody wants it. People eat sections of it, and it's Neapolitan ice cream. Wow. I did not see that one coming in for your number one. I've never not had one good, second. Never had good Neapolitan ice cream. It's the ice cream you snag out of like, oh, we're going to a kid's birthday party. And you're getting the five-gallon tub of it at Costco in the back of the freezer. And it's all garbage. It's not the good The chocolate ice cream. is not chocolate. The vanilla is not vanilla. And, and the, the strawberry, strawberry is, is like crazy sweet. Like, what is going, what are we doing? And so it just never works. I didn't see that one coming from you. Yeah, I just thought about it. I'm like, what ice? Because I love, I love all ice cream. So picking an ice cream flavor I don't enjoy is hard. But I said, well, ice cream like isn't good ice cream. Like it just doesn't work. I wonder if you actually went to, let's say, Handel's ice cream, and you went to Handel's. You said, I want a Neapolitan, maybe like a Sunday or something they like do that. A banana so, split. That's how they do a banana split. That's how they do the banana split. Yeah. So they give you a chocolate, vanilla, and a strawberry. Yeah, two bananas and whipped cream and chocolate sauce. You I ain't touching it. Okay. I'm not ordering a banana split. No, 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 you're place. you're not. But I would just be that would be interesting because I've never had Neapolitan the way that is uh, intended, and I'm Correct. agreeing with you wholeheartedly here because nothing is coming good out of the Neapolitan ice cream section at a grocery store. Nothing good's coming out of that, buddy. What a hell of a list! What a hell of an episode, my friend. Comment. What do you guys think? Yeah. I don't know. 
Let me know. What's your three three most hated ice cream? Are we crazy? Do we forget some of yours? Please let us know. We love hearing them. Um, and check out our other episodes, too, because we have a couple of three worst that are going on uh, towards the tail end of our episodes that I think you guys go are back and re- watch them. Really going to enjoy. Listen. Yeah. Um, you can also listen on that Podbean. All major listen, listening platforms. Mm-hmm. Our social media is listed there. Um, please follow our Instagram or Twitter, all this stuff. We're, uh, we're going to the moon. Um, there's really no doubt. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, please, we're going to be linking, actually linking everyone's socials of shout John. We just Madison. did, dude. Well, you just did. Right. John Madison and Jake, thank you guys. You now all your socials and stuff is linked in the episode. So please go follow these guys. They're helping us out a lot. Um, Awesome episode, buddy. You got anything for the people? Nope, dude. That's all. Um, great episode there. Again, yeah, shout out love to the people that are helping us and our friends for um, listening, following along, giving some feedback, all that good stuff. Um, keep showing the support. It's much appreciated. It's fun. We like having you here listening and uh, taking part in the pod. And uh, until then, I think we're going to be signing off till next week here, bud. Yeah. Hey, just a reminder, we're in the cabbage and keep swinging.